0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everyday Linux, episode 63, show title, we don't need no stinking show title, recorded August 26th, 2012, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. We are back for two weeks in a row. When was the last time that happened? All right, I promise we're not going to celebrate every milestone, but I just (laughs) had to make some hay out of that one.
1: Oh, come on. It's fun to celebrate. It yeah, is. But we might.
0: It is good to be back with you, and those two voices you just heard are my inimitable co-hosts of this show. The one Mr. Seth Anderson, the gooey kid. Hi, Seth.
2: Hey, Mark. Hello, EDL world.
0: And the command line godfather, Mr. Chris Neves. Hello, Christopher.
2: Hello,
1: guys. How's it this week?
0: So far, so good. But then again, we're only about a minute in.
1: Well... <laughs> let's make sure we get longer than a minute in then before we have a problem
0: (laughs) so this week's show is basically just a bunch of news stuff it's just links that we found interesting no one particular topic uh just just stuff basically we went out and scoured the web because we've been telling you we need show notes or show topics and you guys let us down it's all your fault if this show sucks it's not our fault it's your fault
2: yeah, come on, yeah, guys. We're working with what you give us.
0: That's a way to get ahead, right? Insult your audience? thats uh, <laughs> I'm sure that works really well. Well, who's that guy, that that uh, super conservative talk show guy who used to do that, Seth, called people Pablum Puking Liberals? What was his name? You remember? Pablum Puking Liberals. You don't remember. Um,
2: but anyway, so That he, sounds like something Mark Levine would say.
0: No, it was before. It was way back. It was like before Rush and before it was... I can't remember his name, but anyway, he made pretty much made his career out of insulting his audience.
2: I mean, Morton Downey Jr. did that, but that was a lot. He wasn't, I wouldn't call him conservative.
0: Is that who I'm thinking of? It might be Mort. I might be thinking of Mort. You wouldn't Hmm. call him conservative? This guy, I'm thinking, I I have it in my head that he was a a super right winger, but maybe not.
2: I I don't know. I, I, it doesn't ring a bell with me, but then again, I only knew of Morton from the people in my class who watched him on TV. <laughs> I did not have a chance to watch him. I think he conflicted with some cartoon I watched.
0: <laughs> it's on. at the same time as Thundercats. How can you expect right. me to watch it?
2: Thundercats home. I, do
0: <laughs> I don't know how that we got off on that tangent. It was just, anyway. Welcome, everybody, to Everyday Linux. Uh, before we go too far, we do have a little uh, lingering, what, what do they call it, old business Is there any old business? Yes, we do have some old business. Um, So we got some feedback from Andrew Wyatt. Andrew Wyatt is the uh, uh, chief architect and uh, founder of the uh, Fuduntu project. And he listened to the show, and he had some feedback uh, after last week's uh, review of it. So it's a fairly lengthy email, but I'm going to read every word of it. He took the time to write it. Uh, Actually, it was a comment on our website. But anyway, he took the time to write it, so I'm going to take the time to read it. So Andrew, Andrew says, hi guys, and thanks for the review, especially for the feedback on areas where we can improve, because that's the most important for me. I took away a couple of things. First, thanks for the feedback about the desire to configure your desktops to look like the screenshots on our website. We'll look into adding a link to the community cafe at Fuduntu Forum, where we do have some of this information. It isn't a public area right now. It requires forum membership for access, though we can review that with the community to see what their opinions are on making it public. Also, concerning the dock, the addition came from the feedback on the default look and feel from the community. Knowing that not everyone would be happy with it, though, I wrote uh, a really simple tool to reconfigure the desktop to the two-panel layout similar to Ubuntu. You can access that via System Preferences uh, in the bottom panel chooser. Note that selecting a panel or a dock will scrub any settings you may have configured as it resets back to the defaults based on your selection. Concerning our distribution of Flash in the MP3 codec, I work to uh, get the rights to distribute those products directly from the vendors. Uh, Licenses to distribute are renewed yearly with Adobe and Fluendo, respectively. Also, I've been working on modernizing the desktop, further including refreshing the icon pack and completely recreating the default theme using the Equinox engine. This will become the default in uh, 2012.4. I'm in complete agreement that our default desktop has been a little bland. It's pretty, but it definitely still needs work. I've been reaching reaching out to various artists around the internet, requesting rights to ship the distribution with some of their work. But sadly, I haven't been successful there to date. If any of you have some ideas on where we could look for free-to-use wallpapers to dress up the desktop a bit, it would really help us out. Fortunately, uh, uh, fortunately, while we're still in need of funding for growth, incidentals, emergency maintenance, and test equipment, we have received a donation of an eight-core server, and enough donations to fund the project into 2014. I wouldn't worry too much about the distribution going anywhere. We're just going to try to ensure that we have enough funding to keep things moving forward, also while keeping up with the demand from our rapid growth. Thanks again for re- reviewing Feduntu. If there's anything else you uh, find needing improvement, especially if you believe it to be critical to the platform adoption, feel free to email us uh, uh, at team at org. Join us in the Fuduntu forum or reach out to us on uh, Fuduntu channel on Freenode. Our team is small but driven, and we're happy to help the platform become the success on the desktop. So thank you, Andrew.
1: Yeah, it was great to hear from you.
0: And um, we did, uh, Chris, one of the things Chris said was they're having money problems, and he was afraid it might not uh, be around for long. He addressed that. Uh, he he agreed with us. <laughs> I was the one who said I didn't like a doc, and he said, uh, here's how you can get rid of it. So uh, the, he clearly actually listened to it. He wasn't just uh, – uh, somebody didn't just say, hey, go comment on these guys. So that was kind of cool.
1: Yeah. It, it's, it's nice to hear back from people after a review, either their desktop or even in general to hear back from people that let us know that, you know, actually, people are listening
2: to us.
0: I'm still waiting to hear from Steve Ballmer about that review of Windows uh, Vista I did a few years ago.
2: <laughs> I, I think we're still on his list. You know, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's going through them. They were just such a backlog. So, uh, you know, and since we got him to comment, we want to reach out to all of our awesome artists that listen to the show on a regular basis. And y'all get back to him and let him know that he can have your wallpapers to use. So...
0: Yeah, stop being tools. <laughs> he said yeah. there's not any been luck, uh, hasn't had any luck. My my interpretation of that is not that people have said no, but they've said nothing. Like they've looked at it and said, ah, I don't care. And that seems that, that seems more likely to me that he's just being ignored. So stop ignoring Andrew. He's a nice guy.
1: Well, and the other thing is, is stop ignoring people in general. That's one of the most annoying things I think that anybody can do is when you get a question like, you know, can I use your your wallpaper art to have no response at all that's just flat out rude and inconsiderate you know at least say something back even if it is no
0: are you mad that i didn't respond to your email chris i knew i would be talking to you in just a couple of hours ah, good grief let's not make it geez. personal
1: okay okay fine I'll, I'll cut you some slack this time mark
0: i'm really bad about that if i if i don't feel it warrants a response i don't respond And uh, I I recognize uh, there's a little bit of douchebaggery on my part when I do that. But I just kind of think, you know, why waste the bits if you don't actually have anything worth saying?
2: Because we want to get the uh, percentage of spam email on the Internet below 99. So just a real quick, okay, my help.
0: You know, I hate it. Uh, Actually, it bothers me uh, when I send somebody an email uh, just, you know, like if I'm sending it to a group of people, that's when it really bothers me. I've sent it out to 30 people and it's just informational. And then I get an email back from 20 of them saying, got it. I know you got it. I sent it. I don't need that.
1: Oh yeah. That one's, that's just a, you know, pointless email back. But if someone sends you a question or, you know, wanting to know when something's going to happen and you don't email at all, that's douchebaggery there. So. I know I personally regardless of where I if it's at the school or at my home business or our personal emails if it warrants a response even if it's something snide you're going to get a response from me.
0: <laughs> In fact just recently um Aaron the former fat guy uh sent an email to a bunch of us at work and just to tweak him I replied with got it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway um moving right along Uh, happy birthday, Linux. That was actually kind of old, right? That happened in July, wasn't it?
2: No, actually, yesterday is the, uh, date, the August 25th is the day traditionally used as the anniversary date for the Linux operating system.
0: So what what did we talk about on our previous show? We covered this before, didn't we?
2: Well, there was a, there was like, there was some time, I think, between the time that Linus uh, announced it. And then when it was actually posted, um, up, but, um, I just came across this story that said August 25th is the day that is traditionally described as um, um, has the day has Linux's debut. And, uh, so, you know, it's, it's yesterday has of the recording, uh, it's three or four days ago has whenever the show drops, but, uh, and it's its twenty first birthday, so Linux is officially legal.
0: Linux is old enough to drink. Free it as is. in beer now means something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: All right. That's
2: Oh, okay. Th- oh, here it is. His his announcement was posted on August the twenty fifth and the first kernel was released on September seventeenth. Um the first Linux kernel release, and then the public release was October the 5th.
0: So we've got, like, three more birthdays we can do. So that's yeah, cool. Yeah,
2: you know, Linux is obviously for the partying people. Why <laughs> celebrate a birthday once where we can get three or four out of it?
0: And, and, you know, we could do... We could turn it into whole shows if we're careful.
2: Ooh, yeah, the, we you could. know, that would. the uh, The milestones of Linux. That would be a good show, you know? Just talk about... All of it we might have to do that. The <laughs> Linux milestones.
1: And it would be even nice to even track them, to have them listed out, so everyone would know what the milestones are for Linux.
0: Should we do a pivot table and a and a, and a chart <laughs> and a graph? <laughs> I know if you
1: really feel the need to do all that, Mark. Knock your socks off! But I personally don't have time to even
2: play with that that range.
0: <laughs> I know we're we're self-professed geeks here, but you guys are taking this a little far
2: yeah no i'm not so much for a pivot table but you know uh important dates in linux it could just become a uh, feature on our show you know maybe i don't know
0: i have to remember to go back and add some echo to what you just said important <laughs> dates dates in linux linux uh so uh, chris i'm guessing put this in here uh any thoughts on the google nexus
1: um actually i did not put that in there but i think it's a cool idea um from what i was reading on the google nexus is that it's it's price point is to beat off the um (laughs) the the kindle fire it's supposed to be able to beat the kindle fire off it's got a better it's if you're going to be a spec monkey it's got better specs than the kindle fire as well
0: they've got to be taking a loss on this thing
1: Oh, they have to be. It, it has to be almost to the point where it's it's a it's gonna be a loss leader for sure. Um, it, well, even Amazon was taking a hit on every fire that was sold. I, I think if, uh, the numbers were like it, every fire takes two hundred to three hundred dollars to build, and they're selling it for two hundred. So, if that's the case for the fire, then the Nexus must be almost a four hundred dollar tablet that they're selling for two hundred.
2: Have y'all actually? Have y'all seen one? you know held it played with it or anything no
1: not yet my uh, where i lived i probably won't see a nexus probably till christmas up here
2: a a guy that i work with he bought one he said he bought it for his son but he's actually keeping it and i gotta say it's really it's really nice it is small it is light it's polished pretty well there's no lags You know, from what little bit I have, you know, obviously it's smaller than an iPad um, and like the home screen wouldn't rotate. But once you got in the apps, they would rotate with it. It was it played. You can change that.
0: There's a setting for that. There is. You can make the home screen rotate. But what happens is it doesn't reflow properly. It just rotates. And so Ah. they they turn that off because it doesn't look good. But you can. There is a setting. I, I read that somewhere.
2: Oh, um, but yeah, I I spent about five or ten minutes on it, looking at some different apps and things, and the graphics looked really good. It it was really it's a r I really want one. I really really want one, and if I can sell my uh, if I can sell my laptop I have for sale, I might actually buy one with it. So.
1: Yeah, if 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 it plays as least as half as well as my my Fire does, it would you know. I'm not going to jump off my fire anytime soon, but the Nexus, when I saw it that was coming out, it definitely made me look at it a couple of times compared and compare it to my fire. Um, if I don't, if I wouldn't have had the fire, I would have bought it. I would buy a Nexus. That's for sure.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I just thought we should talk about it since it, it dropped uh, during our, um, our absence from the airwaves and, uh, so anyway, it just—I just, just wonder what y'all's thoughts were on it, because, uh, like I said, I think it looks—it looks really good. I think they waited until they could do a tablet good, and I think they did it good. They didn't just rush to throw something out there. Um, all the other companies that have been releasing Android tablets, I guess, were their beta. Um,
0: Earl Wallace in the chat room says, "No SD slot, no sale." Uh, I think that's the wrong mindset for this device. It's not intended to be an extensible uh hackable geeks friendly device. It's intended to be a toaster. It's intended to be something that you use to access content on the Google Play Store and yeah, um, it, and that's it. I mean it doesn't even have 3G, so it's it, it is dependent on other infrastructure. Um, yeah,
1: it's it's just like the iPad and the Fire. It's a it's a storefront basically.
0: So uh you know I, it's not very hackable and the early adopt the people who listen to this show are going to see that as a negative but the the normal people in the world are not only going to see that as a negative they're going to consider that a positive they like toasters
2: right and I, oh, i'm grandma, sure they will come great. out with a with a, a 3G or 4G model uh later I, I don't see why they wouldn't
0: i'm thinking google doesn't want to be in that business anymore they tried it with the nexus phones and realized they weren't good at that so i don't think they want to deal with phone companies so their reference tablet i don't i don't think they're ever going to have a 3d i'm i I'm going on record as saying they're not
1: yeah i would see why they would either not ex- especially with them pushing the wi-fi button already and having that available at the LetGo. if they were going to have a 3g model they would have had it you know on the reference tablet so i agree i don't think there's going to be I think, yeah, I think they got burned when they were trying to do the Nexus phone.
0: Which, you know, I have both Nexus phones, the Nexus One and the Nexus S. The Nexus One was a a phenomenal piece of equipment. Uh, It was clearly early days. It had some limitations as compared to today's phones, but it was very solid, well-built, great phone. Uh, The experience in dealing with Google wasn't good. Um, The Nexus S was a piece of crap. So there's my review of that.
2: <laughs> well, we can scratch them off of our uh, sponsor list.
0: Well, you know, my wife has the new Samsung Galaxy S3, and that is a good solid phone. So it's Samsung seems to have their ups and downs. Even Samsung didn't stand behind the Nexus S. They they dumped it pretty quickly. And, and the reason I got it was Best Buy was selling them for a penny. You know, so <laughs> I, I knew that something was up when I was able to get this smartphone for a penny. Yeah. Right. Alright, moving right along. Is Linux 2012 the year of Linux gaming? Ready, good. Well,
2: well, I put this link in the chat room because uh well, I didn't put it in the chat room. I mean I put it in the show. There's a, a bunch of different games and I mean I'm looking at them and they look like they look really cool, and there's some in there that are free and some that are pay. Um, but it looks like they aren't just like cheap little games to say, Oh, look, we have a hundred games out. But these are actually looking like good quality games. I'm thinking about maybe dabbing my toe because I don't like paying for games on a computer. Um, that's what I have my gaming console for, but I might, um, uh, I might pull down a couple of these and try them i mainly put this in here for chris because i know he loves games and uh you know i figured if i put this in he wouldn't talk about steam this week
0: (laughs) well as we you know mentioned last week with steam uh people are beginning to see that there is money to be made in selling commercial software on linux uh and that's kind of cool but i think what had to happen is this the all these things that the geek community has yelled about the linux had to be uh, more grandma-friendly, and that meant Unity had to happen and this, uh, these um, new interfaces that are less geeky and, and more stripped down and less powerful. And I think that we're seeing a convergence here. As, as Linux becomes more uh, noob-friendly, it's also becoming more commercial.
1: Well, there's that, and I also think a lot of it has to do with a common theme. You know, Unity and GNOME 3, while they do share some difference, they are different, but they also have a lot of similarities. So if someone's trying to build a framework off of it, they can say, they can reference a certain area of the screen and know that it's not going to interfere with anything else.
0: Yeah, the uh, I think people are, are going to, especially with Windows, uh, Microsoft and Windows 7, well, and, and Apple too, they're... They're cracking down. It's not as um, uh, rich a development platform as it used to be. Windows, you know, Apple is is heading in the direction of saying you can only buy from our store. Right now, they're just encouraging it. I see in probably the next two or three years, they will say you can only buy from our store. No more sideloading. Uh, Microsoft has said the new Windows 8 computers will not have sideloading. The only way to get it is through the Windows Marketplace whatever they're calling that. So I think that what developers are seeing is, you know, if you want to just go out and build your own game and sell it to people to install uh, without having to get into bed with Microsoft or Apple, Linux is really the only way that's going to happen.
1: Yeah. But even Linux is starting to, you're starting to see stores pop up in the Linux form too, uh, like um, Ubuntu store.
0: But, but but so I don't think they'll ever require it.
1: No, I don't think so either. That would be silly of, of Ubuntu to require all software to go through the store. Uh, I think a lot of people that are geek-driven like we are would jump off of Ubuntu immediately if that was the case.
0: Well, they're already jumping off of Ubuntu. You know, Unity was enough to get them to leave. Yeah. Right. <laughs> We're a fickle bunch. We are. You know, I know because that, that that's the audience of this show. And... Uh, with you know li- literally can turn on a sentence I, my the, my email can light up uh, with people saying i'm never going to listen to this show ever again because of one sentence uh you know and, and so it's a it's a passionate group of people uh, out there so you know and but passion is good it, it is passion is what makes things happen yes so um chris what sets you off
1: Where, where'd that <laughs> come from that came from me today. Um, my wife has been yelling at me to clean my office for about a month and a half now because she she's a, one of those people that pick things up and, and it's, everything is clean when she's done. I'm not. I'm an organized mess. Always. I'm always an organized mess. So my office is, just looks just like that.
0: Heavy on the mess, so, light on the organized?
1: Yeah, pretty much. But things that will... will I got this little thing where I, if I start a project, it always blooms into this big monster project instead of being just the one project. So today or yesterday, my wife, being the kind and wonderful woman she is, even though she's not here to hear those compliments, but she might someday, uh, she bought me this giant cork board for me to hang my my flyers up, my my CDs, my tool CDs, and everything else on the wall. So that way, I wasn't hanging them up with thumbtacks into the wall. But in order to hang an eight-foot by four-foot cork board, you kind of have to do a little bit of reorganizing of a room in order to hang such a monstrosity, which then triggered my little obsessive-compulsive need to, once I start a project, it explodes into a ginormous project. So now my office is still in more of a shambles than normal, except for the place where I cleaned to put the giant cork board up. So now I'm just irritated because now I have to clean even more just to get to a place where I can be an organized mess again.
0: So, darn you, honey, for giving me a gift. How dare you?
1: (laughs) No, you would never say that to your honey because then she ends up not giving you any more gifts, period.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And some of those gifts you like more than others, right? That's right. Uh, this doesn't have anything to do with anything, but since we got into personal stories, I broke out the smoker this week for the first time in, uh, uh, well, since before I left Texas. Uh, it, uh, the move was hard on it. Uh, there were a couple of things that were damaged. I had to, to fix it. But the, the biggest challenge, and it was the case when I built it, is the heat source on this thing requires about 5,000 watts of electricity. Um, and most household electrical circuits just can't do that. So I generally have to run it off of two separate circuits. Um, so I had to find two circuits in this house that were relatively accessible. I end up having to one run run one cord in through the the back door when I'm using it uh, to get to where I needed to be. But anyway, when it was all said and done, I smoked a set of uh, uh, a rack of baby back ribs and a rack of St. Louis-style ribs because the butcher didn't have enough St. Louis-style. I like those better than baby rack. But I did two racks of ribs for about 10 hours and... And they were just meaty delicious goodness. And so I say all that to make you all jealous now.
1: And how many neighbors did you have come banging on your door to have you invite them for dinner? Uh well,
0: actually the one I did call my next door neighbor and and invite them over and uh, the wife said, Yeah, we just ordered Chinese food and well, you're a loss, more for me. No kid. Uh,
1: See, I I think it's funny whenever I'm barbecuing because I I don't cook with – I cook with brouquettes just for the the length factor, but I use a lot of wood when I'm barbecuing. And so every neighbor, when they start smelling the – because I usually use hickory or apple wood, And so every time I'm cooking, I'll have like four or five of my neighbors start coming by and and going, so what you cooking, Chris? And it's kind of funny.
0: Yeah, that used to happen back in Texas. My neighbors would say, "Um, I I hear you cook because they know that – it's a huge smoker, and and I don't usually just do one thing in it, so they know that there's going to be enough to go around. So they tar- start start uh, coming over and dropping hints. You know, they'll find an excuse to uh, suddenly go rake the leaves, so they can go be in the backyard for a minute and yep. <laughs> talk to me, or uh, or they'll
1: bring back something they borrowed. Yeah, right. I've had that.
0: <laughs> so next uh, weekend, being uh, Labor Day, uh, I'm going to in- introduce these Georgia folk. To good Texas beef brisket. Uh, in fact, I was talking to somebody at work the other day, and they didn't know what brisket was. They'd never heard oh, of that fine. cut of meat. Uh, beef just isn't big here, and it's hard to find. Actually, like I said, I had to find a butcher. It's I can't just go get it at the at the local grocery store like I could back in Texas.
1: Hmm. Well, that's the same way it is up here. Even though you know this is cow heaven up here. Um, in order, for, if you wanted this particular cut of beef. You have to go to the our local butcher to get it.
0: And in case you're wondering, brisket is what pastrami and corned beef are made of. It's the chest of the cow.
1: It's yummy.
0: Yes, <laughs> lots of fatty deliciousness.
2: We so had let's talk a, about
1: some Linux, should we, guys?
2: <laughs> well, we just I, did. I just yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've now moved on to beef
1: <laughs> And food. Oh wait, wait, wait! We have to say the, the we have to do it. Bacon.
0: Oh bacon! Yes, we have to invoke <laughs> the mighty bacon. Which is interesting. Somebody sent me a link, I forgot who it was, uh, to, uh, this is so bad on my part, there's a place on the web, there's lots of them, right, where you where you can get novelties, um, you know, fancy t-shirts and, and things like that, and I can't remember which place this was, uh, but they sent me a link to this place that is clearing out all their bacon stuff, because they say that that meme is over. That the internet just needs to leave bacon alone uh, and that they're clearing out all their stuff.
2: That's ridiculous.
0: Oh, here it is. I have it right now. Woots.com. Um Last call for bacon. August 21st and 22nd, so it's already passed now. Uh, It says, let's be real, people. We've been asking too much of bacon. Isn't it enough that it's simply delicious? Must it also continue toiling as a smirky, semi-ironic net culture totem? It's time to give bacon a rest, to let it be bacon again. So we're frying up our last call for bacon, a very special woot-off designed to retire this deliciously dated meme. Mixed with our usual offerings, you'll find a selection of bacon-themed products scraped from the bottom of the bacon broom frying pan.
2: The only thing I can say to that is Michaela Maroney is not impressed.
0: <laughs> I don't know who Michaela Maroney is.
2: I think that's the uh, the gymnast. Have you not seen that meme? No uh, picture of her with her silver medal, looking all like I'm. I'm bummed. I only won silver, and then it just anyway it blew up on the web. So. Okay.
0: Sorry, those internet things. So Apple won a lawsuit, kind of.
2: Yeah they won and they lost um and unfortunately it's probably the only, the one they lost the one they won is the biggest one but um they they won the trial and of course everybody who listens to the show probably already heard about it but um apple won the uh patent infringement trial in America and damages uh were 1, billion, $1 billion dollars <laughs> plus uh, sorry i just cannot do mike myers or i i would have tried really hard um and just before that the um samsung won the exact same lawsuit in south korea and i think that total was something like it was it was ridiculous $35,000 or something like that <laughs> which is I mean, the
0: same it, amount of money in south korea
2: yeah uh 22,000. The court ordered each company to pay monetary compensation to its competitor. Samsung must pay Apple 25 million won, while Apple must pay 40 million won. So the difference is like 15,000 because 25 million won is equal to 22,000 U.S. dollars. Um, and so Samsung won in South Korea and Apple won in America. And I don't know what it means yet, but I think it's kind of a bummer because you know, you can't patent rounded edges. Well, I guess you can patent rounded edges, but it seems kind of like a stupid patent. Um,
0: yeah, and this was... Frankly, it was a, a little surprising uh, verdict, considering all the press so far had been the judge saying, you know, uh, Apple... You know, saying to Apple, Samsung's not cool enough to rip you off. And, and you know, there was, there was a lot of stuff that the the judge was saying comments that were getting publicity that led to, led me to believe that uh, it was not going to go Apple's way, but they did.
2: Yeah, uh, Apple won basically all of theirs, and because and then Samsung had countersued, and they lost all the countersuits. So, but yeah, <sighs> yeah, uh, I was bummed.
0: It's uh, the whole. <sighs> The whole copyright slash patent system needs to be rewritten from the ground up. When you can yeah. get a patent on a piece of glass with rounded edges, there's a problem.
1: Well, not only yeah. that, and when uh, when that big of a, a turning point, because now they can't make that, that Galaxy Tap anymore, right? right. Well, they apparently, patent, unless it, they license it.
2: Well, no. Uh, Samsung was found guilty on infringement on like all of the company's devices except for the Galaxy Tab. Right. <laughs> so the the one that looks exactly like the iPad, they're okay. But all the rest are, that are just pretty similar, those are the ones that infringe the patent on. I, I don't. I don't understand. Um, so, but anyway, apparently. I guess the jurors did. It took them three days to wait through it all. And before they got fed up and said, Apple's cooler and they're an American company, go USA. Um, I I guess is what happened. I don't know. I was not in the courtroom, but it doesn't stop me from speculating. Well, of
0: course not. Lack of facts never interrupts the uh, having an opinion.
2: Yeah. And I believe it was Abraham Lincoln who said the problem with quoting sources on the internet is verifying the veracity of the claims.
0: I thought that was uh, um, George Washington.
2: Oh well, there you go. <laughs> uh,
0: it's it, it's it's sort of mind-boggling to me how how this suit got this far, and like you said, the the appeals process is already over. I mean, they appealed it, and like within seconds, it was beaten down.
2: Um, oh, really? I, I had not read that.
0: Yeah, I read. Well, that's that's what I had heard that the that they they the countersued that you said the counter uh, things maybe not the appeals. So I'm sure that the there will be some appeals, but um, th- this was a, a a battle of legal firms, right? It wasn't two lawyers; it was two buildings full of lawyers fighting over this stuff, and um, th- nobody but the lawyers came out on top
1: isn't that typical though for any type of a lawsuit usually they have large lawsuits.
2: Yeah. And apparently Apple was asking for a little over 2 billion in damages. So they only got half of what they wanted. Um, I guess, I I don't know.
0: Yeah. I I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm at a loss for words, which for me is unusual for, to say the least. Uh, but it's just the whole thing is messed up. I mean, yes, there are people copying the iPhone. I I don't dispute that. But the it's a simple interface. It's a simple how many what other way to do it is there. You know, Apple uh, there's also recently this uh uh patent that was awarded to Apple f- basically for iTunes. Um and and uh it's an old patent that they applied for back in I think 2006 and they were just awarded it I think last week. Um that the long and the short of it is the process of down organizing RSS feeds on a software app and pushing those RSS feeds out via a computer to a mobile device is now patented by Apple.
2: Jeez. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, I I really don't want to ever own anything Apple. I just, I don't.
0: (laughs) Now, uh, the irony is that almost all devices, including Apple devices, download straight from the web now, and that's not in this patent. So, their patent is for technology people don't use that much anymore, but still, it's bizarre that they could even get
2: that patent. You would, I mean, you know, but then again, when you have a patent clerk who... Shouldn't someone involved in the industry determine if what you're doing is patent worthy or not and not some office full of bureaucrats who, you know, probably don't even understand half of what they're reading on the patent. Say, well, we've never read these four words in sequence before <laughs> patent approved. Oh, we've never read these five words. Oh, but these were in reverse order. So that was patent infringement, you know, or, you know, hey, you bought the beers last time. What do you say? Is this Is a patent or not? <laughs> I don't know.
0: The system is broken. Okay. Yeah. Moving right along. Ubuntu now has or will in the future have web desktop web apps.
2: Yes. they. Um, this is something they're announcing coming in um, 1210, whatever weird name they're going to give it. Um,
0: Quanto qu- quetzal? Quetzal? <laughs>
2: i don't know i'm I'm still i'm basking in the glory of beefy miracle (laughs) (laughs) but you know so yeah they're basically um rather so you don't have to do a whole bunch of like app designing for their thing you can just kind of take a web page and package it as an app and put it on the desktop it's a good way for the os to remain relevant in a web-centric world um You know, I I haven't seen any of them, but I think it could be kind of cool. You know, I'm somebody who I have um, one browser window open with a series of tabs in it. And if I'm switching to another thought in my mind, I'll open up another browser window and have tabs in that. But, you know, so that's the mindset that kind of works for me. But at the same time, I think it could be cool to, oh, if I want Facebook, I'm going to click this icon on my desktop. If I want Twitter, I'm going to click this. If I want Netflix, I'm going to click that. So... Again, there's, it's not to say one way is right, one way is wrong, but it's another way for you to access your um, access the great worldwide web browsing experience. And like I say, if nothing else, it does keep the OS relevant because what does it matter what OS you have if you launch your browser and then everything looks the same?
0: So. Yeah. What gets me, though, is this isn't new, not even remotely new. Chrome has had, yeah. had their uh tool to do that. Firefox has had uh, Mozilla. What did they call it, Chris? Um, it was a tool that would turn any web page into its own window that would do its own thing. And then you could do Chrome uh, apps as well. So it's not new. It's it's just they're putting it in the OS using what browser? Uh, I, I don't know. But instead of using, the depending on browsers to do it, which there already are, they're putting it in the in the uh, OS, which is uh, pointless.
1: What's funny is um, reading through this article; they actually say what browser they're using. It's a Firefox browser that, with with basically, is what I'm what I'm kind of reading this as is. They're kind of like Grease Monkey scripts that they're using to <laughs> separate each things off. So not only is this old, and I can't remember what you're talking about, Mark. It's it's Firefox. Fusion or something like that, wasn't it?
0: Uh, that doesn't sound right. But No.
1: Uh, but anyway, yeah, this has been around for a very long time. And I bet you if you popped open any of your, um, you know, uh, you know app get computers to the software store or whatever, the cement or Samtech or whatever, you, however you pronounce that, you know, you'd find these things already in there. All they're doing is installing them by default from what I read.
2: Well, and, and the, other thing they're, yeah, the other thing they're doing is they're tying the control into them into the OS, whereas, you know, like, for example, last FM sound would be managed through your OS sound rather than a separate sound setting for it. Prism. Um,
0: that's what it was called. Prism. That's
2: it,
1: yep. Prism.
0: Sorry. Just, it came to me and I had to spit it out.
2: Okay, yeah, cool. Prism. Uh,
0: which yeah, I, I used a lot. Like, when I first got into Gmail... Uh, that's what I used a lot. Now I just use a window with Gmail in it.
1: I just pin the tab. That's how I do it. Right. And I'm perfectly happy with it, but okay. I mean, I'm sure there are people that will like it. Um, I, I think it's, it's the gramification of, uh, Ubuntu, which is what they're aiming for. They're aiming for it to be, you know, Ubuntu to be u- usable by anybody sitting down at it. So, if that's what they're aiming for, this development is good. Uh, I think, but for the us hardcore users, like you know, the three of us basically are, I, I don't really see that really being a monster reason to switch. If you're like for me, being in Beefy Miracle, I won't switch to Quetz or Qu- you know whatever the double Q is off of Fedora.
0: By the they way, just, I googled it a Quetzal is a uh, small, colorful bird, uh, uh, popular or or known to populate in the southern regions of, excuse me, the northern regions of the southern American continent. Okay.
2: There you go. And they're quantal. So,
0: So, uh, and moving, uh, another announcement that's not really of note, but Ubuntu seems to think it is, uh starting with the the 20 late next 2012 version there's going to be a gnome specific spin off like ubuntu and kubuntu this is going to be gnome ubuntu which used to be called ubuntu but right. but now that they've moved to unity they're the a group I, I don't know that it's ubuntu necessarily is spinning off a pure gnome version which is really sort of like mint.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, that's going to be, I, I I can understand w- why somebody would want, you know, the, yeah, it's, it's just like any other derivatives. It's mint or it's whatever, but now you have your, if you're a gnome fanatic, you can have your gnome with the Ubuntu core. So it's just another distribution upon another distribution. Upon another distribution.
0: And the, the current front runner name is Nobuntu. GNO Buntu.
2: Bad Ubuntu. <laughs> bad. No. Just, what? Sorry. Just, oh. Yeah, but you know, has because there aren't enough derivatives of Ubuntu out there until we get one specifically for Gnome. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: That's the thing. There used to be one specifically for GNOME. It was called Ubuntu.
2: Mm-hmm. So this is almost like, like Back to the Future or <laughs> Back from the Past. It's
0: called Solomon. Vanity, vanity, always vanity. <laughs> oh, Okay.
2: The more things change, the more things.
1: Change, the more things why I to stay say Fedora. <laughs>
0: Yes, because Beefy Miracle is a much better name than Quanta Quetzal.
1: I think it's a much better name. Beefy Miracle. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, Microsoft is making noise about the fact that they give money to the Linux Foundation.
2: Well, actually... And um, code. Yeah, they are the number 17 in the list of contributors to the linux kernel so you know there means in they're in the top 20 in terms of the linux kernel development they're at number 17 so you know if if you like linux you need to thank microsoft just like all the apple fanboys and girls out there need to thank microsoft for keeping them from going under uh everyone owes their soul to microsoft they really do rule the world
0: so when they come out and talk about the fact that there are Umpteen million lines of of copyright infringement code in the kernel, how many of those would they have written?
2: I don't know, but you know it's one thing that um this was reported by the Linux Foundation. This wasn't really Microsoft um, tooting their trumpet, so it wouldn't wouldn't that be funny if it turns out that those were the ones uh done given by Microsoft uh,
0: yes, it would be actually somewhat typical it wouldn't be surprising in any way
2: yeah but yeah i just i i thought it was kind of cool you know when i came across it just that i you know i mean i'm sure i knew they did do some development but to be in the top 20 of kernel development that seems like a that seems like a pretty uh seems like a pretty high number i was kind of surprised when i came across it and so i wanted to share it with the uh uh, legions of Element OP fans we have out there. <laughs>
0: so to follow up one bizarre story with another, Jala, the, the company um, uh, staffed by former Nokia executives who who are trying to breathe life into Migo again, says that Migo handsets will run Android apps. And so you have access to the uh, 450,000 Android apps immediately when you get a Amigo phone which kind of makes me wonder why not just get an Android phone?
2: Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, I I would assume that, uh, you know, I'm sure hopefully there will be Migo apps themselves, but you know, if you only have 10 apps that would kind of kill the uh, distro and maybe they'll get up to 10 someday. But um, in the meantime, you can run all these other apps. Uh, So, yeah, I just, you know, Migo, it's not, officially dead, even though it's practically dead. Um,
0: you're not dead until you're warm and dead, right?
2: <laughs> right. And then there's nothing to do but go to the pockets and look for loose change. <laughs> um,
0: it, it makes sense. It would be I, I'm going, this is one of those stupid things that non-programmers say and that programmers uh, yell at. It would seem fairly simple to make that happen since Android apps are all Java apps, essentially, um, running in the Dalvik client. So all they have to do is r- reverse engineer the Dalvik client, which is open source, so that's not difficult to do, and then make it work on their Linux, because Android is Linux-based, Mego is Linux-based. It seems like it's a no-brainer thing to do, but it also seems like there's no, no reason for it. I mean, what what is the benefit... That Migo is going to bring you, if the apps are Android apps, what what sets them apart from other Android phones?
2: Well, see, yeah, it's going to be a platform based in Finland, so <laughs> uh, and there aren't enough of those in the Linux community. <laughs> I I don't know. I I I liked Migo whenever I loaded it on my tab, my little tablet netbook, all those low those many months ago, and. You know, so when I see it, I have it has a fond place in my heart. I don't know that, that place is so big. I'm going to wipe my tablet and put Migo back on it. But um, uh, anyway, good for them. I hope it works out. So.
1: And when the undead Linux operating system comes after me, I'll meet it with a shotgun to the brain.
0: Don't forget to double tap.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Always double tap. And until then, remember the cardio. <laughs>
0: Is Hollywood ignorant about what we do?
2: Yes. At least, yeah, at least the Disney programmers are. Uh, it's kind of funny because uh here's a couple of quotes from a, uh, I, I did not watch this show. I just came across this story An episode of shake it up. So if you're our age, ask your kids what the episodes about, and I'm sure they'll, they'll tell you what the shows about. But a uh, geek says, did you use the open source code to save time? And the virus was hidden in it. And the less computer savvy friend said, maybe. And the geek said rookie mistake. So it's kind of, Painting that, you know, open source is is the land and domain of hackers, and it's not something that you should rely on or use for work. um, Apparently, Um, it reminds me of a news group posting I read talking about how. If you, if somebody, if your kids wanted to upgrade your computer from this company called AMD, that proved your kids were hackers, and you should stay away from it because only hackers use AMD. Real computer people use Intel. And uh, this guy was all serious as can be. And I mean, it was one of the funniest posts I had ever read, but he was taking it seriously. And the the ironic thing is, is that um, Pixar actually just recently released some of its production code under an open source license. So it's like Disney producers think, and they went on and they talked about other things like numbers. Oh my gosh. They butcher us in numbers and um, you know, shows like CSI New York, they just, they butcher what we do and they really don't know what we do, but yet their company um, other divisions of their company are big fans and active supporters in the open source community. So, Well, this is
0: just writers tapping out stuff on their iPads who are totally clueless and saying, I need some techno babble here. Let me go to my techno babble dictionary. Oh, open source—that's a word I can use. Let's throw that in there. Oh, IRC—that sounds good. Let's put that in there. Uh, you know, and it really is ignorance. It's not malice. It's just not knowing.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: And I don't know what a best boy is. So you know, it's it's fair on both sides.
2: Right. It's just I guess I'm you know we're disappointed because they still have a bigger audience than us and more people here. <laughs>
0: By the way, I think the best boy helps the key grip, whatever that means.
2: Yeah, somebody's got to hold the keys to unlock the doors.
0: <laughs> and and you don't want just any boy doing that. You need your best right. boy on
2: that. Right. So at least... You know, he, yeah, go yeah, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, he's the second best boy long enough. Now he's the best boy and he wants his due.
0: According to an article in TechCrunch, at least three major research firms believe that Windows Phone will overtake iOS by 2015. Yeah, um, but we can all pretty well be sure that BlackBerry ain't going to be there to see it.
2: No. Well, and yeah, but it actually looks like it could happen this year. Um, and it, it's not at how awesome the Windows phone is and how the its meteoric rise from the ashes. It's more like BlackBerry fell straight off a cliff and, it, and
0: left a big hole there. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah it, it, it hit with such force the bottom that it it is pushing the bottom down. You know, it hasn't, it hasn't reached bottom yet, but yeah, Blackberry, which used to be the mobile IT device has become the, uh, history on how to ruin a mobile company.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the truth? They were the biggest players in the block. Now they're,
0: well, it's, it goes like this. Blackberry still to this day, labors on the, under the assumption that businesses will tell their end users what phone to use, which was true back when businesses were paying for it. But now everybody who wants a smartphone has a smartphone. They don't want to carry two at work. So they're telling their boss, no thanks, I'll just use my iPhone or my Android phone or my Windows phone.
2: So the fact is Come that on, they're not going to use their Windows phone, be real. <laughs> Well,
0: some do. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so it's it's just a it's their business model is from it's twenty years out. ago. Yeah, it's not that it wasn't ever valid. It's just not valid anymore. And they didn't pivot. They didn't find a way to make their phones attractive to end users. The fact is, the only reason anybody ever used a BlackBerry is because their boss told them they had to.
2: Right. Well and they were you know they were pretty much the only real smartphone app out there,
0: no, um, no, no, Apple invented the smartphone. There were no smartphones before the iPhone. I don't know what you're talking about
2: i I forgot they they invented music, and um they are actually suing because they've invented the internet
0: so. <laughs> there's a There's a lawsuit against Al Gore right now,
2: yes, yeah. Uh, But, yeah, and, you know, it's kind of like, you know, WordPerfect, they used to be the standard in uh, word processing. Uh, And they had this really good product that's like, hey, we have this really good product and you should use it. And Microsoft released a really crappy product, cheaper, and they kept developing their product. And all of a sudden it was better than WordPerfect. And WordPerfect goes, "Uh uh-oh, nobody's buying us. We need to innovate and they said, uh, well, we fired all the innovators because we had a good product. Right. And so, you know, I'm sure that's what it is with BlackBerry. You know, we have this great product, and we're not going to change our product because we're number one. And uh, so now they're number, they're number 10 in a race of five. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we'll Migo, Mego will soon pass BlackBerry. Go what, you,
0: what you just described has been Microsoft's way of doing things uh, from the beginning. Release crap and sell it while you're fixing it. Right. I mean, they've done that with everything. Every product they've ever released, the first version was crap, but people bought it. And then we're going to fix it and sell you an upgrade. And then we're going to fix that and sell you another upgrade. And I don't know how they get away with it, but they do.
2: Well, except for Internet Explorer, nobody would buy it, so they just gave it away. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Netscape is this good product, and we can't compete with them, so ours is free. Oh, free? We like that. And, uh, oh, by the way, it doesn't work, but maybe it's 10th is good, but it's free. So, So, you know, I mean,
0: anybody who's paid attention to these things knows that windows XP is what windows 95 promised to be. Yes. Yep. It took them 15 years to get there. Um, and windows seven is what windows XP promised to be. Um, it's mostly not all of it's there yet. So that's just the way they do it. And, um, it amazingly, it works for them but because they i don't know they're they're like um insured in some way they're insulated against failure like they can release crap and people will still pay for it because they've got a, a an agreement you know i've got a contract <laughs> I, i'm paying my yearly fee so yeah i'll take the crap and and i'll just trust that they're going to fix it later
2: and they never do Oh no, they fix it, but they conveniently break something else. Oh, sorry, I didn't say that.
0: <laughs> So anyway, the, the the nobody else has been able to do that. BlackBerry has tried it, and I think that's you know they released some real garbage, planning to fix it along the line, and they just didn't have the the juice that Microsoft did. They couldn't do that. They released a couple of bad products, and the rest of the the world just said, "We're done with you." Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, you know, by contrast, Apple will just release a limited product. It's very, very good, but limited. And then release features as those features become very, very good. So they release a very simple project, a product like the original iPod Classic did one thing and one thing only, and then they started adding features to it once those features were perfected. It's just different business models, uh, and but BlackBerry didn't fit either of them.
2: Yeah, and but you know, Apple is just better at marketing it because they haven't invented crap, you know. But uh, I think DEC was the company that invented the MP3 player, uh, but they did not market it, so Apple did.
0: <laughs> yeah, all right. So I think that's a good place to wrap up now that we've insulted pretty much every major manufacturer <laughs> Uh this show is never going to be uh profitable, by the way. We will never have corporate sponsors on Everyday Lytics because th- the fact is we're too honest and we will insult anybody. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and everybody. Yeah. Well, you know, unless they wanted to pay us. If they paid us not to insult them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. It's not that we would compliment them. We just might not insult them quite as much. Yeah, we right.
2: would insult their rivals more, I guess. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go.
0: So yeah, everyday Linux brought to you by Microsoft. So moving on to everything not about Microsoft.
2: <laughs> Apple sucks. Oh, and Blackberry's dead.
0: Both of those are true statements. No. Apple Apple does not suck. Apple is a yeah, a great company, very strong releasing products that people want. It's hard to argue with that. I don't like the products personally, but the fact is that there are hipsters all over the world who can't live without their iPhone.
1: Yep. Yep, there are. And you know, us, us geeks, will just sit back with our androids and be happy.
0: <laughs> I, I, quick side story: I've been attending a new church uh, here in Georgia, um, and it's a, uh, it's a, it's a large church. It's it's a it's a mega church. It's got thousands of people who attend it and it is the, the the ipad quotient there is just not in line with reality they're all yuppies yuppie hipsters who go there um and it's it's uh you know you let's say the average distribution of i devices is one in 3 people this is three for every one person i mean everybody <laughs> there has an ipad and an iphone and you know uh something else made by apple and, and i'm a macbook like with them. They bring them all to church. And it's just it blows my mind that uh the places like this exist. There's such a saturation here. And it is sorta of, I never saw this before. And so I, I sorta of understand a little better now when when people talk about these rabid Apple fans, you know, I'm now I'm meeting some of them and they're um they will buy anything with an Apple logo on it because they have a lot of money and it's a status symbol. Uh, and they're not technical in the least, so it's a product that lets them do what they want to do with zero brain function, uh, and they get to look cool while they do it. So it's really kind of a win-win-win for these people. The only downside is it costs a lot, but they've got the money, so they don't care. So that's Apple's target audience right there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah, in- a friend of mine is a pastor, and he was exp- He was going on and on and on about how awesome his Apple was, and I said, "You know, if you were that passionate about Jesus, your whole town would be saved." <laughs> and uh, luckily, he wasn't a so much a fanboy that he couldn't stop and laugh at it because it was it was a good joke, and I got him with it. But uh, so he at least has a sense of humor that sometimes I find lacking in uh, in fanboys of whatever their fan persuasion is. Yeah. What
0: what amazes me though is, you know, I, I, I'm waiting for it to crash, right? I, I look at the eye phenomenon and it reminds me of the pet rock. It, it really does. It's this fad that is ridiculously popular, but useless, functionally useless. Um, and, you know, I, that's not fair to say that the iPad or the iPhone is functionally useless, but there are so many options out there that are that have parity, if not are superior. But it doesn't matter. For less. Right. That costs less. But, you know, uh, Motorola has spent all their money on their droid marketing and targeting it at the super geek, you know, the proto geek. Um, and that's working for them. They're doing well, uh, but... The the proto geek doesn't pay. They're all cheapskates. That's why nobody donates to this show. You're all a bunch yeah. of cheapskates. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Are we done? Are we done on the soapbox now,
0: guys? No, no. <laughs> My soapbox. I'm actually building a bigger one. I, I need soapbox oh, 2.0. Right. Now, I I don't know where that stream of consciousness thing came from, but uh, uh, it just it struck me as as while we were talking about marketing and things falling. You know, is Apple going to plummet someday when the hipsters move on to something else? When something else becomes trendy? Will will they look around and see that there was absolutely actually very little substance to this platform, just like the Blackberry has found out? And if so, what will that be? What will be the new trendy thing? Migo.
1: I was just gonna say Migo's Migo. gonna win.
2: <laughs> it's Migo's turn.
0: Okay, I, I'm going to stop ranting now. started to wrap up the show earlier, and, and then I went crazy. So uh, this rant brought to you by Microsoft <laughs> Windows 8. 50% less suckage. Uh,
1: <laughs> then what? And, and 100% less configurabilities.
2: Yeah. Then what? Windows Millennium Edition? <laughs> Okay,
0: anyway. Uh, guys, any other uh, comments before we uh, wrap up the show? I see that there's not um, any tips down there. Uh, wait, I'm sorry, there are tips. I was looking at an old uh, notes. We do have tips. So, Chris, tips this- the command line tip of the week is...
1: Nano. Even though I hate this thing, it <laughs> seems to never die. Everybody loves Nano. Um, it's built into every version of Ubuntu. Uh, and most other it's built into everything well. Yeah, it's built into just about everything. Um
0: I think my DVD player has nano <laughs> on it. I'm not sure.
1: It, it it's a good editor and I have a link here for all the different commands that it, it, all the different um switches and and key commands to use in order to navigate in nano um comfortably which is in our show notes so they'll go up without fail. Um I'll even post it into the uh chat room for all the people listening to us live but uh it's a great little program i personally don't use it i think it's a uh, not usable but <laughs> hey someone else might find use out of it
0: yeah but you like what is it vi you're you uh, like vi vim,
1: vim. It's, well yeah it's it's vi but it's vim has a little bit more uh features in it than vi does
0: Yes, like twice as much being arcane and difficult to use. <laughs> now with less sense, uh, less uh, uh, understandable shortcuts. Well,
1: I don't have a problem with it. Fifty percent
0: more confusing. It's improved. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm uh, I'm a, a G edit guy. Uh, it's you know in Notepad in Windows. It just that's all yeah. I need. I just I need text in front kind of, guy. of me.
1: Those are fine. You know, I have no problem with using, you know, I personally, when I'm on a Windows box, I run Note, notepad plus plus, but I like to have the extra highlighting things that it does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, just for, for me, I'm, I'm SSH'd into most of the places that I need to anyway. Vi just, Vi and Vim just work for me and, and Nano just is kind of strange, so. <laughs>
0: We're gonna start know. a holy war. This is bigger than the apple uh mac uh versus Windows War, right? I here.
1: know the Vim Vi versus uh what's that other one that that emacs Emacs yes, now why would you run a program after named after a mac
0: what <laughs> <laughs> and Seth, what is your end user tip of the week?
2: Well, this is not really an end user tip of the week. This is aimed squarely at the geek EDL audience. I came across this and I glanced over it. This is the United States Air Force Cyberspace Operations Manual (laughs) incorporating changes uh, for November 2011. And uh, I kind of glanced over it. Um, This is not light reading guys but it is very interesting and so it is a pdf file uh, publicly accessible on the internet i didn't hack in anywhere and do it or anything like that um but it's just kind of cool it talks about uh you know kind of what they how they see the threat how they see the internet and how they see um their place in it and i just thought it was uh, interesting and i wanted to share it with the audience who. You know, this is not something I run across in my everyday web browsing, but uh, I came across it and I was like, "Ah, this is pretty cool. So I am sharing it with you so you can increase your knowledge of the workings of the interwebs.
0: All right. So this is my tip. Instead of reading this, go kiss a girl. (laughs) Because if you're reading this, you are too big a geek even for this show.
1: What if I'm reading it right now?
0: (laughs) Go kiss a girl.
1: (laughs) Actually, I will when I leave here, but that's okay. (laughs) Uh,
0: All right. So, if you would like to comment on any of the inane ramblings of myself or my two co-hosts this evening, and there is plenty of it because we really (laughs) went off tonight, Um you can do that at our website at elementop.com. We've got a forum there, the Everyday Linux Forum, or a contact button, or a voicemail widget where you can record your message and we will play it on the air and maybe make fun of you while we do it. Actually, we've always, yeah, we've always been very nice to the people we've put on the air. Um, so we will make fun of you and then put you on the air. That's the way we'll do it. But no. Uh we, we appreciate your uh comments. Good, bad, or indifferent. I read all of them. I respond to most of them, unless they're trying to sell me fake Louis Vuitton handbags. Uh but otherwise I respond to everything that's put up there and uh if you got
2: real Louis Vuitton handbags, continue yeah, to send us those. We
0: can talk so. about that. Yeah. Uh if there's if there's any way any of you can make parts of me bigger, uh I don't get any I don't get enough emails about that. So I'd like to have I'd like to have more of those. Um, if there's some way I could make millions working at home, um, I, I've never heard of any opportunities to do that. So I'd appreciate, uh, you know, just forward me all that email. Or if you're it. from
2: Nigeria and you want us, to, <laughs> if you want us to help get some money out of country for you. If some
0: relative come. of yours has been recently deposed and you need a conduit with a bank account, that'd be awesome. Or you
1: know, if you won the lotto, you guys get any of those either? I don't seem to get those either. You know, the ones that you say, hey, you just won a billion dollars in some weird lotto. I never get them either.
0: Yeah, you've won the Virginia State Lottery. I've never been to Virginia. How did that happen? (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, That's it. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for listening. And I'm going to say that ends this episode of Everyday Onyx.